listening to a podcast of Elam Lutheran Church in Osakis, Minnesota. Our passion is to be an oasis of life-giving water where lost and wandering souls can find eternal refreshment. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, please visit osakiselamchurch.com. Or if you're in the area, come visit us in person. This season during Lent, we're doing a topical study on prayer, and every single week as we gather together, we're going to talk about one different aspect of prayer. So last week, we talked about the first one, which is prayer is vital, and and that seems obvious if you're a Christian or we're in church, like, this is what we do, right? We, We pray, but we can't take that for granted that prayer is an important thing to everyone. So we learned that prayer is vital for four different reasons. Number one, you have a voice. You have a voice, and God loves to hear it. Reason number two, you need help. Now, we're not a people that likes to ask for help. We would rather carry in 12 grocery bags on our own without asking for any assistance to prove that just we can do it, but acknowledging our need is essential to prayer. So that's number two, you need help. Number three, uh, God commands us to pray. This kind of goes without saying. It's all over scriptures. And we looked at one passage in First Thessalonians where God says, pray continually, right? Keep this spirit of prayer, this ongoing conversation between yourself and God. And then the fourth reason that prayer is vital is that God answers prayer. There's no such a thing as an unanswered prayer. God either answers yes, no, or not yet. Is it easy to discern those answers? Absolutely not. But God does always respond uh, lovingly to our prayers. So that was last week. This week we're talking about how prayer is simple, which is not the same, by the way, as saying prayer is easy, okay? Prayer is really, really difficult. And we're going to talk about next week how prayer is hard because it takes discipline and a lot of effort to cultivate a a disciplined prayer life. Prayer is never easy, but it is simple. So here's a question from our catechism that I think will help us start off on the right foot. The question goes, what is prayer? And the answer is, prayer is talking to God silently or aloud from my heart. That's it. That's the whole definition of prayer. Talking to God silently or out loud from my heart. So that sounds pretty simple. There was a man in Jesus' time by the name of Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus was blind, and at that time, if you were blind, uh, you really couldn't have a job because almost all of the labor that had to be done was manual, so he didn't have any way to make a living. He did what the only thing he could do was he was a beggar. He sat on the side of the road and and begged, totally dependent on the generosity of others. And I'm going to read Mark chapter 10, verses 42. 6 through 52, and this describes Jesus' encounter with Bartimaeus, and the disciples are are with him, and and we're going to hear what what Jesus says. So here's where it starts out. Mark 10, beginning at verse 46. And they, this is Jesus and his disciples, came to Jericho. And as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, 
call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he's calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? You ever want Jesus to show up in your life and just say that? What do you want me to do for you? Well, he had it happen. And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Did you hear Bartimaeus' prayer, his talking to God silently or aloud from his heart? Did you hear what he said? There's kind of two different prayers that he offers. The first one is, Jesus, son of David, which is not really the prayer. That's mostly like the the address, speaking to God, this is who I'm, I'm praying to. Have mercy on me. Four words, have mercy on me. In Greek, it's actually just two words. So he prays this prayer, this super simple prayer, have mercy on me, two words, and he follows that up with, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. Six words in English, three words in Greek. A grand total of, count them, five words, right? Jesus performs a miracle, and Bartimaeus goes from being completely blind to seeing immediately, just like that. Like the biggest day of this guy's life, the most transforming miracle he's ever experienced, all after that simple, honest five words of prayer. No poems, no flowery illustrations, no weird preacher voice that sounds especially smooth and pious, no illustrations, just a deep, gut-wrenching cry that came from his heart. So if we were to, to paraphrase this prayer and to put it into English, we might just say, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. And Jesus did. Prayer, prayer is, that, is that, it is that simple. I don't know if you'd agree with me on this, but it seems like we as human beings are really good at complicating things. Does that sound right? We're really good at taking something that's supposed to be simple and like adding all these bells and whistles to it. So we take something like prayer, this wonderful gift of talking to God out louder from our hearts, and it's supposed to be accessible to everyone, and we make it so complicated that some people don't even feel qualified to even pray. Have you ever been in a group and been asked to pray out loud? You kind of had this experience, right? I remember in high school, we did this thing called see you at the pole. I think they still do it. Gather around the flagpole and you pray, right? Uh... And you would take turns doing it. So we got get together in our, in our group, and I always hated that in a way. Like, it was good, and I was glad I was there and everything. But I also kind of hated it because you always felt like you had to one-up the person who prayed before you. Like, your prayer just had to be a, a little better and a little bit more holy. Like, if they were praying for the starving kids in Africa, you would have to pray for the starving kids in Africa and Asia, or something like that, right, to, to one-up them. I think sometimes we feel this pressure when we pray as if God is up in heaven keeping a tally of our word count, and then when we hit our quota, he's like, all right, looks like Chelhog hit his 500-word minimum. I better give him what he asked for. Sounds silly, right? But functionally, the way that we pray, that's what we sometimes do. And Jesus recognized that we have this tendency as humans to use prayer as a 
kind of divine vending machine. You know, we insert our prayers into it, press the buttons, and God spits out this, the, prayer, the answer that, that we want. So Jesus, he gave these instructions. This is Matthew 6, verses 7 through 8. He says, And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words, right? The Gentiles think that the amount of words spoken is proportional to God's response. He's more likely to respond if you pray a long time. For they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. It's like, oh, that makes sense, doesn't it? If God knows what I need before I even ask him, why would I spend all this time explaining it to him as if he doesn't? It's almost kind of disrespectful in a way. If I place my online order for Walmart pickup and then I drive to the store, find the clerk, and then start individually relisting all of the items that I already made a list of and, 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 and handed to them, they're going to look at you like you're crazy, like, yeah, dude, we know. We get it. You, you already, we understand what your needs are. How much more does the God of the universe, who created you and knows you better than you do yourself, how much more does he know your needs even before you ask? We can't tell God anything he doesn't already know. So this passage from Matthew 6, it's a good one to read. It's part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And I want to read a little bit more from that. Here's what Jesus says to his disciples. He's still talking about prayer. This is Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Again, this is short and sweet. Jesus likes to keep his prayers pretty short and sweet. It says, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's it. That's the whole prayer, which is what we here in the church refer to as the Lord's Prayer, commonly. I think it's interesting that when Jesus teaches his disciples to pray, too, he doesn't just say, you know, ah, pray whatever you want. Like, just, just pray what's on your heart. We see other places in Scripture where people are encouraged to pray like this, and they do. But it's interesting, isn't it, that Jesus gives us an actual place to start. He gives us some instructions. He gives us like this, this flexible template because he knows that left to our own devices, we're going to spend most of our time praying for our own needs and desires because humans are self-centered like that. So what the Lord's Prayer does is it gives us a kind of flexible mold, not, not a rigid one in the sense that every word of it needs to be prayed exactly how it's written, but it's, it does give us a good place to start, to help form and shape our prayers so that our prayers aren't all just about us. So let's get practical here for a second. Prayer is simple, so I want to give you a simple tool that that you can use if you're kind of struggling with prayer a little bit and you're thinking, where, where can I start? There's this little acronym called ACTS. A lot of you have probably heard of it, right? A-C-T-S, when it comes to prayer, each of these sort of stand for a different thing. So A is for adoration, 
C is for confession. T is written down on my notes. Thanksgiving. Uh, and S is for supplication. It's a great acronym, and all of this is right there in the Lord's Prayer. So A for adoration. Let's just kind of walk through this. We see this in the first petition, hallowed be thy name. We pray for God's name to be holy among us in the way that, that we live our lives. God's name already is holy. He doesn't need us to make it that way, but we, we want it to be honored by the way that we live our lives. And so adoring God, this A, it just means that we come before him in praise and exaltation and worship. We shine the spotlight first on God because everything, even our prayers, originate with him. We wouldn't be able to pray to him in the first place if he hadn't spoken first, created us, given us a voice, given his son to die for us so that we could have peace with God. A for adoration. C for confession. That's there in, right there in the fifth petition. Forgive us our debts. Debts, trespasses, same thing. As we forgive those who trespass against us. Confession, really, it just means being honest with God about who we are, the good, the bad, and the ugly. It means we're willing to name our failures and sins because he is gracious and merciful, and he's the only one who can cast our sins as far as the east is from the west. He, he doesn't hold them against us because they've landed squarely on Jesus' shoulders instead, and, and Jesus has been judged in our place. So that's the confession. T, thanksgiving. We thank God for who he is. We see this in the Lord's Prayer just as we start out. We pray, Our Father. It's interesting, it's not my Father, your Father. Those are true too, but our Father, reminding us that we are part of a, of a church. We're part of the Bride of Christ, which is this community, and we all share in that one voice together to give thanks to God for the ways that he He's answered our prayers, the way that He takes care of his children, like a good father. And I, I don't know about you, but this T, I get stuck on this one. A-C-T-S. I get stuck on the T because there is so much in life that happens. There's so many things that, that go by, literally like prayers being answered, whizzing by me day in and day out. And I'm like, oh, cool. And then just go back to doing what I'm doing. We're like, hold on. Like God is in the business of answering prayer every day. And how often do I stop to give thanks for that? And finally, S for supplication. Big fancy word. It just means supplication like from the word supplies, right? God supplies. God gives us what we need. So this is the part of the prayer where we would say we pray for our daily bread, which doesn't mean that you're praying for a loaf of sourdough to, to fall from the sky, which I would not mind. But it, it means more like anything that you need in your life. God is going to supply that for you. So we pray for supplication. So Whatever we lack and can't earn on our own, things like food and clothing and shelter, those are the big obvious ones, but also things like friendship, because we're relationally driven people. God wired us that way. Things like friendship, harmony in our relationships, sleep, peaceful hearts and minds, these would fall under that category of supplication. So let's put this Acts thing together. Here's one example. I stole part of it from Martin Luther. I don't think he would mind. He's not around to uh, say anything, so we're going to go with it. Um, he didn't use the Acts system, but he actually used something very similar. I 
found out. And he always encourages starting prayer with a specific scripture passage in mind. So for him, it's, it's praying through the scripture. So let's say we wanted to apply the Acts system to the first commandment, okay? So we'll say we're going to pray through the first commandment, which sounds a little bit strange. How in the world do you do that? Okay, well, in scripture, first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. So we would start out with A for adoration, praising God that he is the one true God, mighty in power and worthy of our worship, unlike all the false gods around us who always let us down. So we start with that A for, for adoring God as our one true God. Then take the C for confession, thinking about still this, this first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. With the confession, we could confess our own tendency to treat other things in our life as if they were our gods, pouring our time, resources, and energy into things like sports, money, our jobs. And we confess that we justly deserve his wrath for that. And then T for thanksgiving. We could thank God that he sent Jesus to rescue us from our idolatrous ways by graciously sacrificing himself at the cross. Everything we need has already been supplied in Jesus, so we no longer need to chase after all these idols to, to supply what we think we need because we already are in possession of it because of Christ. S is for supplication. So we could list our most pressing needs of the day. So you wake up in the morning, and some of these examples might be, you, you think, what do I have going on today? Well, what do I need? What do I need? God, give me a clear mind as I prepare to give my presentation at work or school. God, give me passion and discipline on the court and help me to be a good witness for you. God, help me be compassionate as I try to reach out to my friend who is hurting. God, provide me with food, water, and shelter today. Keep me safe while I drive. So if you're looking for a, a system to use, ACTS, A-C-T-S, is not a bad place to start. Is that a familiar system? Has anybody heard of that before? Okay. All right. So prayer is simple. It's not complicated. It's just talking to God silently or aloud from your heart. And a two-year-old can do that. I can do that. You can do that. God's response to our prayers is not dependent on how big or pretty or how many rhetorical flourishes we throw in. As much as we would all love to pray like, like Spurgeon, the truth is that God responds to our prayers not because of some initiative on our part, but because of his good fatherly heart toward us, toward his children on behalf of Jesus. Prayer is simple, so let's pray. Dear Jesus, please help us. Amen. Hey friends, Pastor Luke here. Thanks so much for tuning in. I trust that you've been blessed by our message from God's Word today. Hey, we'd love to connect with you more. If you have comments or questions, you can email me directly at pastorchellog at gmail.com. That's pastor K-J-O-L-H-A-U-G at gmail.com. 
As we wrap up our time together today, please receive this benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you his peace. Amen.